Two tragic events in Dallas prompt today's discussion. Monday's murder-suicide involving community activist Rufus and Lynn Shaw. And yesterday, a mother hurled her two kids, then herself, off a highway overpass onto a busy freeway. Dr. Steve Hunter, Crystal College's expert in psychology and counseling, will join us to help us understand these events. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. It wasn't a racist comment. It was a comment, a statement of fact. And for the campaign to take that and spin it and attack Hillary and me as being racist, I have to tell you, it is just a point. All right, that's Geraldine Ferraro. She's talking about Barack Obama being historic, running for the presidency because he's African-American. She's an African-American. She's been accused of being racist, perhaps, or interjecting race into the campaign. And that was Geraldine Ferrara on the CBS Early Show. And we're going to talk about this question, the race factor. Barack Obama is an African-American. He is black. Geraldine Ferraro has raised this issue. The Obama campaign is reacting to it. Obama's pastor has also uh, been very controversial, saying that Jesus is black. We're going to look at all of this, and we're going to take your calls. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. But, Penna, we've got other other topics coming up as well. Well, Dr. Johnson, on a local level, two events that took place just this week here in Dallas have us thinking about the topic of depression. Now, prominent Dallas couple Rufus and Lynn Shaw certainly had their problems, but I guess we have to ask the question, do these problems rise to a reason for a murder-suicide pact between husband and wife? And what about this 27-year-old woman who yesterday threw herself and her two sons over the overpass of the Jim Miller Bridge, right into oncoming traffic on I-30. They're all still alive. But what hurt or depression would bring someone to such an act? Well, people across this listening audience certainly do encounter depression in themselves or their loved ones. And we're going to talk about the causes and some solutions for depression with Dr. Steve Hunter of Criswell College. He's Dean of Students and Associate Professor of Psychology and Counseling here But first, Dr. Johnson, uh, let's go back to uh, this whole issue of race and the campaign. All right. A couple of weeks ago on John John Gibson's Fox News program, uh, while talking about the superdelegates, 
Geraldine Ferraro first made this comment about Barack Obama. If Barack Obama were a white man, would we be talking about this as a potential real problem for, for Hillary? If you we mean if he were, were John woman, Edwards? If he were a woman of any color. Would he be in this position that he said, absolutely not? Geraldine, are you playing the race card? No, and that's the problem. Every time you say the truth, I'm the first person, John, and you know how honest I am. I am the first person who will say in 1984, if my name were Gerard instead of Geraldine, I would never have been picked as the vice presidential candidate. All right, so Geraldine Ferraro saying um, the wonder of her candidacy was being a woman and the wonder of the Obama candidacy is him being black, being an African-American. And, of course, the Obama campaign very defensive about this. Uh, here, once again, on that same topic, is Geraldine Ferraro. I should think he would celebrate the fact that, that black voters in this country are so excited that this is a groundbreaking thing. Okay, so she's not backing off on this, and she's saying, look, I'm just being honest. He is where he is because of his color. Now, there are certainly, uh, she's saying, uh, the strengths, but the, the thing that makes this so fascinating, she says, for the country and for the black community is his race. And we've not talked about this at all on this program. It's time now because Ferraro is a liberal Democrat, mm -hmm. And it's time to, to bring it out. We want your thoughts, 800-881-9270. we got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, what do you think about this race question now? Uh, well, I, I think it uh, was possibly a race issue, but um, I, you know, I don't think it was that bad. But we got to think, too, if uh, Hillary's last name wasn't Clinton, where would she be? But also the fact that uh, I think that we need to bring to the fact about uh, Barack Obama's pasture because of the fact that he said that America was attacked on uh, 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 December the, uh, or 9-11-2001 uh, because of the fact of America being the way it was and uh, also saying uh, G.D. Uh, 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 All right, Bob, we got mm -hmm. the idea. In fact, we're going to play some of that sound in just a moment. Um, in fact, Larry, let's just go ahead and let's let's listen to Barack Obama's pastor. And because uh, some people would say, wait a minute, you should not be interjecting race into uh, this candidacy. Well, it's again, it's a Democrat that's done this in Geraldine Ferraro, but it's also Obama's pastor. I mean, when Obama's been accused of being a Muslim uh, by some, I think unfairly, I do not think he is a Muslim. He says, though, I'm a Christian, and I've been the member of the same Christian church for almost 20 years. What church is that? What church is that? Well, here is Barack Obama's pastor, the pastor of the Trinity United Church of Christ in Chicago. Jeremiah Wright is uh, the pastor. Here he is. I'm still in Bible country. I am still in the text. Jesus was a poor black man who lived in a country and who lived in a culture that was controlled by rich white people. The Romans were rich. The Romans were Italians, which means they were European, which means they were white. And the Romans ran everything in Jesus' country. It just came to me with, 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 within the past few weeks, y'all, why so many folk are hating on Barack 
Obama. Okay, so this is Obama's pastor, Jeremiah Wright, Penna, and he says Jesus was a poor black man. Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really the politics of, I think, uh, political correctness here. And, you know, it's it's amazing to look at this because as I've been traveling this week, I've seen several black people who I haven't even asked them about it, but just talking about how excited they are about Barack Obama. So in a sense, yes, there is an excitement because he's black. Um, and there are a lot of white people that are excited about yes. him, too. Uh, they're excited about him because he's black or because he's liberal or whatever. And he's one in, in states with a large black uh, population. He's also one in states like Iowa, where there are very few blacks. So but I don't disagree with Geraldine Ferraro. I think there is an excitement around him because he is black. But I also think that the Clinton campaign was behind her making these statements because they just want to stir up this whole race issue because it puts them, they think, at an advantage. Remember, it was Bill Clinton who said this is a fairy tale. Right. All right. We've got Isaria on the line, uh, or it's Isaria. Thank you for calling so much. What's your view? Well, uh, I was listening a few minutes ago, and one of my views is that I'm a black person. And I was wondering, okay, during slavery, black people couldn't do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after slavery, we were restricted. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like things are getting where they're more liberal, and there's still a problem, talking about blacks and their race. Mm-hmm. And the Christian community... Of course, I would not expect that. I would expect there would be love, but there were problems back during the day when I was growing up between white Christians and black Christians. There was racism there. Mm. But to me, it, it seemed like, why is there still this, this thing about race when we're trying to overcome it? You're trying to overcome it, but yet you say that he's using that as a platform. Well, I'm not saying that, Isaria. What we're calling attention to today, and I appreciate your comment, we are calling attention to the fact today that the first black president, so-called Bill Clinton, uh, has implied with the fairy tale comment that uh, this is just because Barack Obama is black, the rage, the excitement, uh, the movement. Um, It was Joe Biden who said, look, this is the first black candidate who's been clean and articulate. Now, Joe Biden is a left-wing liberal Democrat. Now, Geraldine Ferraro has said this. These are Democrats interjecting race into the campaign against Obama. Now, I think this is important for us to remember. It was the Republicans who helped um, Lyndon B. Johnson passed civil rights legislation. The Democrats particularly from the South, were against civil rights legislation. Republicans. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican who freed the slaves. So I think that's very important. And I want to go on the record as saying I think it would be a great day uh, for America to elect a black president. And I agree with Martin Luther King's dream that people would be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And it seems like, though, these these left-wing Democrats are trying to appeal to racial prejudices in bashing Obama and supporting Clinton. Now, I don't support Obama for other reasons. Let me say that. I think he's wrong on abortion, wrong on homosexual marriage, wrong on the economy, wrong on the war. So I can't support him. But I would love to see 
uh, the right kind of African-American or black candidate elected as president of the United States. You know, it's very interesting uh, that uh, there's one party, the Democrats, who claim to be the party that would advance race, yet they're fighting over these things right now and blaming each other for racism. Uh, and yet it's the Republican president, President Bush, who elevated uh, two blacks to secretary of state, high positions in his cabinet, Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell. And I think something else is in play here, Dr. Johnson, and that is as we move along on the campaign, especially if Obama is the nominee, uh, that the media, I think, holds back sometimes on criticism of the of the really the far left positions that he holds on certain things. And they may be doing that because he is black. I think there's a softness on his positions because of his race. And that shouldn't be either. I mean, there there definitely should be a fairness in a sense with regard to the positions that a, that a candidate takes. You know, if uh, if a white candidate, let's say, was a member of uh, this Kansas City group, this God hates fags mm-hmm, group that mm-hmm. goes around and they Phelps Phelps, uh, Pastor Phelps, that Baptist so-called Baptist church that he has. If a white candidate was a member of that church, or let's say um, of some white supremacist supremacist church, uh, certainly he would be disqualified. Obama is a member of a racist congregation. This church, the United Church of Christ in Chicago, this pastor, Jeremiah Wright, they gave a Farrakhan um, their top award right. a couple of years ago. Something funny is going on. Uh, here's Nancy Pelosi speaking to the dream ticket. I do think we will have a dream team. It just won't be those two names. Whoever our nominee is and whoever he or she is and whoever he or she chooses will be a dream team uh, as the Democrats go forward. Okay, so the question here is, will Obama choose Clinton as VP? Or is this bad blood, this race-baiting, going to spoil any chance for the first woman and the first uh, African American. We will see. Uh, I would like to see a woman president, a black president someday, but the right kind. A pro life, pro family, pro security, black, woman, whoever. It's great to have diversity, but we want substance over style. Well, let's get personal when we come back. Let's talk about depression. Are you ever depressed? We see people in the city in Dallas this week taking drastic and deadly action because they're depressed. What is the cause of depression? What are the solutions? We'll talk to Dr. Steve Hunter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. 
That's chriswill.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. All right, that's Martin Luther King, the I Have a Dream speech, and certainly... Uh, That is a message we should affirm. People ought to be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. We are all created equal in God's image, equal before God, equal before the law, and ought to have equal opportunity in elected office in this land. It would be a great thing to see a woman, an African-American, a black person elected as president of the United States, the right woman, the right black person, though, not just anyone or for that reason. And it does seem like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and uh, Geraldine Ferraro are interjecting race to cast doubts upon the Obama campaign. Who would have thought that? But on this program, we're about the Christian worldview. And this idea of being created in God's image speaks to the worth and the dignity, the Imago Dei. And I want to tell you, if you get depressed, if you get discouraged, that's just a doctrine to remember. You are made in God's image. You're somebody to God. You are made. You are an imager of God. But Penna, I think, you know, looking at the news this last week in Dallas, there are a lot of people, I think, that forget that truth, and they find themselves in depression, um, and they're, they're in the dark night of the soul, and they do desperate things. And... Um, Let's talk about what happened in Dallas this week. Well, two stories uh, that make us think about this, and one of them, of course, is uh, the story of Rufus and Lynn Shaw. And uh, on Monday, of course, Rufus Shaw has been a longtime political activist in Dallas, and his wife, Lynn Flint Shaw, was the chairwoman until recently of the Dallas Dart Board. Uh, now, he was facing pros- uh, prostate cancer. She's facing prosecution for some illegal activities. They're facing debt. They owe a lot of people a lot of money. But they called their 21-year-old son at college and told them that they were going to check out. And then he shot her and then himself. Wow. Uh, so that's one story. That's and sad. you just got to wonder, you know, what brings you to the point of desperation? I mean, these are all problems that other people face and don't, don't do this. And then the other story uh, just happened yesterday, and it really is this mother who uh, threw her two sons over the, uh, the overpass at the uh, Jim Miller Bridge into uh, oncoming traffic in I-30. Uh, they struggled uh, to not be thrown over, but they were thrown over, and then she jumped. None of them have died. She's in critical condition. They look like they're both going to live. Uh, and she'd been driving with her father, I guess, driving all of them, and we don't know what took place. He tried to get to them to stop them, but he couldn't do it. And so here's just another one where we don't have a lot of information, but what would lead this young woman, 27 years old, to do something like this? And so we're, you know, guessing and that both of these cases involve severe depression to the point where these people felt so desperate that they they just wanted to end it all. And that's what we're really here to talk about today. 
All right, depression, it may lead people to do desperate things and maybe even not so desperate. Maybe you're just driving home in your car right now and you say, you know, well, I've got a lot of junk in my life and I'm, I maybe I am depressed. I'm not thinking about suicide, but I'm just down. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're at work trying to finish up. Maybe you know someone and they seem to be in a funk of some kind and you want to know how to understand that, how to deal with that. Let's talk about it. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Co-host Penedexter here with me. We have a special guest today, Dr. Steve Hunter. He is the Hope for the Heart Professor of Biblical Counseling at Criswell College, just installed into that academic chair this year. Dr. Hunter is no stranger to the program. Uh, welcome back, Dr. Hunter. Well, thanks, Jerry and Penna. It's a great privilege for me to be with both of you this afternoon, this evening. Dr. Hunter, look, uh, you heard these stories. You've read about these. Uh, I don't know how much we can know about these situations, but I- I'd like your initial reaction to these stories. But I want to I want to broaden it, though, just to talk about the scope. Uh, there may be those that are listening and they're not going through depression. They may not even identify with those who are, but I'd like for you to to let our audience know how broad is this problem, this phenomenon of depression? Well, I think it's a great question, uh, Jerry. Certainly our hearts and our prayers go out for the Buzzbeat family, also for the Shaws. And um, when I saw the stories, both stories on the news, immediately I'm drawn to that question, what brings people to that point of despair. In my opinion, it is a downward spiral from disappointment and discouragement, depression to despair. And despair is literally the jumping off point, the loss of all hope. And, um, you know, Jerry, uh, the I think the problem of depression is more pervasive in our culture in our society and also in our churches, then we realize uh, approximately 20 million American adults have been uh, diagnosed with depression. And it's interesting to me, Penna, that uh, the research today shows that the largest grow age group for being diagnosed with depression are preschoolers. Over a million have been diagnosed with clinical depression, and the rate of increase is highest among children. Preschoolers? Preschoolers. How does that happen? They cry a lot and their parents take them to the psychologist? Well, I can't imagine um, how that happens. I don't know. I have six kids, and so if that was the case with me, we would always be at the psychologist's office. Well, I'm probably including my wife and I both. But um, I think we can begin to see how pervasive this problem is, young to old, and also realize, uh, according to the research that I've, I've uh, discovered, that 80% do not reach out for help when all of the signs of depression are there. Mm. Uh, look, Dr. Hunter, as you um, also work in counseling, I know out of First Baptist Church Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, this is common, would you say, in evangelical churches, conservative churches, Bible-believing churches? Yes, and I would say, uh, I would say absolutely yes. And, and among born-again believers. And even as we move to celebrate Easter just around the corner, there are Christians who are at the point of disappointment, discouragement, and depression. 
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dr. Steve Hunter. He's the Hope for the Heart Professor of Biblical Counseling here at Criswell College. My co-host with me, Penedexter. Dr. Hunter, um, I like history. You talked about Bible-believing Christians. You know, Charles Spurgeon was one of my favorite uh, preachers to read. He struggled with depression. He talked about the, the dark night of the soul. Others have used that phrase. Uh, Winston Churchill, one of my favorite political leaders of all time, his one of his favorite books was uh, Treasure Island, and he took a uh, character out of that book, Black Dog. And he struggled with depression, and he would tell his family members, Black Dog came to see me today, or Black Dog is here. And there were points where... In his life, he would not book a hotel room with a uh, a window to the street, or he would not walk towards the window because he was afraid he would jump out of that window. So here's this great man struggling with depression, Spurgeon, Churchill struggling with depression. So I think the first thing we want to say from these statistics uh, is there are probably a lot of folks driving home, still at work, or already at home, they're listening. And if they were honest, they would say, this is a struggle that I have. And what I want to do is now move to, uh, you're the expert here, to tell us, you know, what are the causes uh, from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective, what are some of the causes of depression? You know, it breaks my heart, I guess, to even begin talking about some of the causes of depression. I think what I see as uh, one of the greatest causes of depression is um, negative self-talk, self-critical, condemning statements. You know, uh, I'll I'll just be honest with you. Uh, Sometimes I can be my own worst enemy. And we can be so brutal when it comes to the expectations we have of ourselves, other people's expectations of us. And when we don't measure up, man, we can really come down hard on ourselves. But I think it's it's very important to remember that there are multiple causes for depression. There could be medical reasons for depression. So when somebody comes to talk with me about depression, one of my first questions is, when's the last time you got a a good physical head to toe? Have you talked to your doctor about these symptoms? So there's definitely medical reasons for depression. Maybe there's a history of depression in your family. I think there uh, with some people, you can be prone to depression because there's a history there. Also, trauma, significant loss, loss of a loved one, a marriage, a job, or a dream. What I see more and more uh, is burnout. We are so busy. It's just insane how busy we become. And for some reason, we stay plugged in to that nonstop lifestyle that I think just burns us out. We're sick and tired. We're too busy to love. That's Dr. Steve Hunter. He's the Hope for the Heart Professor of Biblical Counseling here at Criswell College. So you've heard the causes and the problem of depression. When we come back, we're going to talk about solutions. We've already got two or three callers on the line. The number is 800-881-9270. Someone wants to know if you commit suicide, can you go to heaven? Others are calling with questions about depression Let me encourage you to listen to June Hunt's program every day at 3 o'clock, Hope for the Heart, or her live call-in show every night at 11 o'clock, Hope in the Night. 
If you don't get in today with us, you might get in tonight with her. We'll be right back to talk about the solutions for depression. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, we're back. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Dr. Steve Hunter. He's Hope for the Heart Professor of Biblical Counseling here at Criswell College. My co-host with me, Penna Dexter. And we've got some callers on the line. Dr. Hunter, we're talking about depression. Stephanie has been holding. Stephanie, what's your question? Hi, thank you for taking my call. I guess um, my question is, if a, if a person is, has accepted Christ and then later in life becomes ill and due to that illness makes, you know, I guess loses hope and ends up committing suicide, has that forfeited their salvation? Thanks, Stephanie, for that question. Let's just turn to Dr. Hunter. And, uh, you know, I heard that question before as a pastor. Your take on that, Dr. Hunter. Well, Stephanie, it's a it's a great question. And uh, while you were talking, the Romans eight chapter came to mind, and uh, it's one of my favorite chapters of all. Especially when I blow it with my wife, or blow it with my kids, or something like that. It, I've done that before, once or twice. And um, it's interesting to me that once we accept Christ, the resurrected Lord, I just have. Easter on my mind, just looking so forward to celebrating that day. We place our faith and trust in the resurrected Christ who conquered death. There is nothing that can separate us from that love, not principalities, not good, not bad, not not even death can separate us. Our relationship is secure for eternity, and that's really the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, Dr. Johnson? I like that. Uh-huh. I like that. I mean, look, suicide is a sin. Thou shalt not kill applies to suicide. So what we're saying would not in any way encourage that. And uh, let me just encourage anyone out there who's who's thinking about that. Uh, I like a verse, you know, he who has begun a good work and you will be faithful to complete it. Uh, don't give up on God. Mm-hmm. You may feel like you're at the bottom. You may feel like right. this is it. There's no hope. But when God is finished with you, he will take you out. I can assure you of that. But if you're here, God has a promise for his people that to work all things together for good, that to make you more like Christ. He can bring you out of this. He can bring you up. He can take you on. And he is not finished with you if you're still here. But and if, if someone gets confused, depressed, discouraged, and they commit suicide. If they're a true believer, child of God, I agree with Dr. Hunter, they are secure. I mean, the chances are many of us may, uh, as believers, sin before we die in some way. Uh, God forbid. Maybe we don't <laughs> pray, or maybe we've speeding and we get in a wreck, or maybe uh, you've cussed and you die that day and you didn't have a chance to confess. If you believe that salvation is of grace, it's not about what sin you've committed right before you die. So I think there's another way to think about that that just assures us it's about what God has done, what God has done in Christ, not about what we have done that determines our destiny. But let's talk about solutions here uh, when it comes to depression. And uh, let's go to Angelique. You've been holding for a while. What's your question, Angelique? How are you today? We're doing great. Thank you. 
wonderful. I enjoy this program so much. You just don't know. I tune in whenever I can. Um, I have I, I have a comment, if that's okay. Sure, go ahead. I, I want to bear my soul, because as a Christian, I think, especially to a lot of the newer Christians in the church, I'm 30. I have three small children. I've been on my walk with Christ since I was 15 years old, and it's been a bumpy one. Um, but I think it's important, especially to newer Christians, to say that, to, to, to bear yourself and to say that I have made lots of mistakes and I've been there. I've been depressed. I grew up in a home where um, my mother was an alcoholic and still is in her 60s. My father was severely abusive physically and mentally to myself and my brothers. And I remember being my daughter's age now, five years old, and being insanely depressed. And I remember um, thinking about killing myself. I had heard it, um, just being exposed to the media outlets and different things like that. I remember being that young, and it's scary to even admit to you, I remember being depressed at that age, because I know you and Penna were discussing something about how can preschoolers be depressed. Wow. How does that work? Why yeah. no I think the, what I'm questioning is how they can be diagnosed. I'm surprised that so many oh, okay. are diagnosed mm-hmm. as depressed, not that they are depressed. Oh, okay. Just gotcha. because, well, you know, not, the seeking of help. I'm not to answer that, yeah. but I will. I just want to wow. bear my own heart sure. and say that I was, and there are certainly times in my life that I have been. Actually, I just had my son 10 months ago, and I suffered from severe mm-hmm. postpartum depression, even though I'm renewed in Christ, and, and, and I the things that used to haunt me no longer haunt me. I'm telling you, I went through it bad. I thought about suicide every day. I never thought about hurting my children or anything like that, but just was so engulfed in the depression. And for me, the solution was to expose it to some of the people from my church. And I'm telling you, this church, I go to Emerge City Church in McKinney, and it's new for me. I've just been attending since November. These people got around me like the true That's body great. of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like the true body of Christ, right. not just because you say it and it's a cliche because you hear it all the time. But I'm talking about the phone call. How Angelique, are you how are you feeling? You're Go breaking ahead. up. You're breaking up. But uh, this has been this has been very helpful to hear, and I appreciate you opening up so that we can uh, turn to Doctor Hunter now, and he will uh, speak to you and to others, Doctor Hunter. Well, Angelique, uh, you're you're a hero. And uh, I just commend you, and uh, most of all, for your openness and honesty. I think that is so important. Uh, You know, we kind of interact at church in our goodness. But the church is the church. When we're able to be open and honest in all of our challenges and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, and see people come alongside, now that is powerful. And you know how powerful that has been in your own life. And I want to say congratulations uh, in your trust of the Lord and in your openness and honesty. Also to your son of 10 months. My wife um, suffered uh, depression for about seven months. And, um, hey, you know what I told her? Hey, honey, come on. Get up out of bed. You just have to have more faith. (laughs) Did it work? You know, absolutely had the opposite effect. (laughs) It did. It was just, I am so embarrassed now to even say that. But it's when we can be open and honest with our struggles and people come alongside and provide provide support and encouragement that we're all able to grow as Christians. So congratulations to you, Angelique, and thank you for sharing. We've got Jay on the line. Jay, do you have a question or a comment? 
Yeah, I have a comment. Um, my name is Jay, and thanks for actually tackling this this tough subject. I've I've uh, been in the ministry for for a while now. Um, I was a church planner. Um, I was also a youth pastor, and at this point, I'm a missionary. And um, I, I came from I came from a a, um, a broken home, um, an abusive home, and and growing up, and um, actually in college, I was diagnosed as clinically depressed. Um, it's something that I've always, um, really, since I could remember, um, that I've always struggled with. But one thing that really helped me out, and there's just a couple verses, uh, Paul stating to live as Christ, to die as gain, or uh, my flagship verse, Second um, Corinthians 5.17, we are, uh, we are new creations in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, those are some verses that I hold on tightly. However, what's really helped me was looking at the prophets of the Old Testament, or looking at Jesus when 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 he had uh, to come to the the point of decision. Um, looking at Paul in the Mamertine dungeon, looking at Peter when 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 he continuously failed. These these guys, these heroes of the faith, uh, many of us would say. Um, they, at, at certain points of their walk, were depressed, not hopeless, but uh, depressed. Uh, and that's just something that has really helped me out in my walk. Hey, thanks, Jay. Uh, Dr. Hunter, uh, you know, we've heard a couple of things now from callers. Uh, church, getting in a fellowship, that's one of the solutions. Now, Jay's saying, look, looking at the Bible and just seeing that other great Christians or leaders struggled with failure or depression, let's begin to go to solutions. Let's talk about uh, some of the solutions you see in Scripture or just in practical ministry of counseling. If folks are struggling with depression, they know someone in depression, where are some of the answers? Where are they? Well, um, I like using the acrostic hope. H-O-P-E. And in addition to talking to a good uh, Christian counselor, pastor or friend or family member and uh, getting that physical and letting your doctor know what's going on with you to get checked out medically, I, I use this word hope to help me remember. And first, H is for have a personal relationship with Christ. To me, that is the ultimate key and foundation. It provides meaning and purpose. And as we talked with Angelique, it provides um, security through good times and bad times. It's not about me being a success or failure. It's about having that personal relationship with Christ. I like what Jay had to say because that's number two, O. Occupy your mind and heart with the truths of God's Word. Hey, the truth will set you free. And I say amen and amen to that. When we... When we occupy and saturate our lives with the truth, we begin to see ourselves from God's perspective. P is persevere. Don't give up. Realize it's temporary. Suicide's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And E, emphasize the importance of hanging out with those you love. Cut loose. Unplug from responsibility. Have some fun. Spend time with those that you love and who love you. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. Our guest is Dr. Steve Hunter, Hope for the Heart, Professor of Biblical Counseling at Criswell College. Let me encourage you to tune in tonight at 11 o'clock for Hope in the Night. June Hunt will take 
counseling questions at 11 o'clock tonight. Also, 3 o'clock every day on KCBI, Hope for the Heart. June Hunt addresses these kinds of issues. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be right back for more on depression. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, we're back. This is Jerry Johnson with Pennedexter. We're with Dr. Steve Hunter. He's Hope for the Heart Professor of Biblical Counseling right here at Criswell College. We're talking about the issue, the reality today, the widespread reality, the struggle with depression. And it is a reality even for Christians. Let's go back to the phones and talk with Joaquin in Dallas. Joaquin, thanks for calling in. Yeah, hello. Um, I was deeply depressed and suicidal before I knew the Lord. And uh, knowing God has made a huge difference in my life. Faith in Jesus and uh, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean Amen. not unto your own understanding. Yeah, that's good, Joaquin. These kind of things. I believe it's related to self-focus and concentration on self. And probably also demonic influences. Mm. That's a great testimony, Joaquin. Um Let's just move on to Laura. We've got Laura on the line. Laura, thank you for holding. And uh, what's your question or comment? Yeah, um, I was actually just wanting to give my testimony a little bit about depression. Um, I grew up in a Christian home and um, was homeschooled, actually. And um, But I struggled with depression. I became a Christian when I was 16 in high school. But um, one way or another, I struggled with depression, and I... Instead of talking to people about my problems, I would just hold it inside me, and mm-hmm. I guess you could say it just snowballed, and I ended up um, trying to kill myself um, before Christmas, the year of 2004, and, um, or 2003, I think now. But um, the next Christmas, I actually got married, and so it's kind of a testimony that God wanted me here for a reason. So. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that, Laura. And, you know, in a sense, it's a a success story, a victory. And uh, I love, Steve, what you said about that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And also the fact that Christians are calling in and admitting that they're depressed because, in a sense, there can be a stigma about it that some Christians don't think uh, that Christians should be depressed. But the question I have for you is, is there some sort of a 
a genetic component to this that people are actually born uh, with some sort of a propensity to be depressed? Because, as you mentioned, there are so many children. I do. I do. When we when we look at depression, we always look at multi dimensions of depression. And one is family history. And uh, we it's just a a common and absolutely necessary question to say, hey, is there a history of depression? Mom, dad. And uh, I kind of want to say, hey, you know, thanks, mom. Thanks, dad or grandma, grandpa. But I absolutely believe that there you can um, have a personality and temperament that's prone to depression that's passed down generation to generation. What are some of the signs that uh, parents or loved ones should look for in someone uh, for depression so that they can get some help for them? Well, I think that's a great question because, as Laura said, you know, I was suffering with depression, considering suicide, and I did not reach out for help. And uh, for whatever, there's that stigma there, the shame or the guilt of saying, hey, I can't handle my life. Uh, I think that's part of it. And so I think it's important that we are aware. You know, uh, Penna, I think um, people may think I'm crazy, but I think there's differences, different signs for men and women. What I've discovered is for women, it's more classic signs of depression, like withdrawal from normal activities, feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, changes in appetite, loss of energy, all those classic signs of depression. For men, I see it as much different when... Uh, a wife brings her husband in and say, and she says, hey, fix my angry husband, say, for example. You know what? I look for signs of depression because with men, it's much more outward, much more aggressive, outburst of ha- anger and self-hatred, self-destructive behaviors, thoughts of suicide and homicide. They're much more aggressive kinds of symptoms for depression. And I think with men, we miss it a lot of times. Well, certainly there's spiritual solutions, but I also saw uh, that there's um, an article, a research study recently about uh, drugs and people, um, you know, a lot of people in this country, of course, on antidepressants and how they're ineffective, according to this study. So what about that? Is there a balance where people who are diagnosed need to uh, basically stay on their medicine? Well, um, I do think that medications are effective. The research I read is probably about 35 to 40 percent of people will benefit from medication. Sometimes I think it's absolutely necessary to have medication. That's why I say talk to your physician as quickly as possible. But I think um, doctors, psychologists, and psychiatrists, and certainly I would as well, we would agree that the best, the, the ideal situation is is to have medication with a combination of talking to someone, talking to a good Christian counselor, psychologist, or psychiatrist, both of them. When you when you have either medication or I think just talk therapy, for example, um, in my opinion, that's not the ideal. You need a Christian counselor. Christian counselor, yes. I highly recommend that, seeing that I am on staff at First Baptist Dallas in the Pathways Christian Counseling Center. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of solutions. A church family, church fellowship, just recognizing that you are not alone. There are many great saints, great Christians, uh, actually great world leaders who have struggled with depression 
And uh, they've gone on to persevere, even to do great things, tremendous things. And, of course, we always come back to the Scripture. We want to begin and end with the Scripture. And I want to read Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if anything is praiseworthy, Meditate on these things and the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me. These things do, and here it is, the promise, the God of peace will be with you. That's a promise from God's Word that if you think about all of those positive truths, the God of peace will be with you. Now, I can tell you one time I was struggling with depression late in the night many years ago, I just got my Bible out, started reading, and I really latched on to a verse in Titus, and this was the verse for me, Titus 1-2. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time began. And I really began to see my struggles, my frustrations, my problems were, were so small compared with this fact that before time began... God's seeing it all in advance. But before time began, God promised me eternal life. And that's God who cannot lie promised eternal life. It cannot get any better than that. Dr. Steve Hunter, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Jerry and Penna. And Dr. Hunter is Hope for the Heart Professor of Biblical Counseling here at Criswell College. We have bachelor's and master's programs in counseling. Go to criswell.edu tomorrow. Dissing God, the myth of religious neutrality in a secular progressive culture. Next week, some great theologians on the resurrection. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.